0: Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia,
1: it's the Bill Shank Show. Hour number three of our broadcast. Welcome back. Wow, so in about an hour and a half, there's going to be some spacecraft on top uh, of landing on the moon. Did this not get, like, more publicity leading up to this? All of a sudden, I'm hearing about this this afternoon. First attempt to land anything on the moon by the United States in 50 plus years. Nobody's on it, but there's something going to be landing on the moon in about an hour and a half. How they time these things blows my mind. But still, that's pretty damn cool, isn't it? Like at 624, they say, there's going to be a... They're showing it on CNN right now, a small spacecraft land on the moon. When did this thing leave? Like June? I think it's cool. And I guess I've just been kind of busy today. I hadn't heard anything until we kind of turned and lose on, and here it is. They're showing an animation of it. I guess we'll be able to see it. WMON will be on the air later on tonight showing the video. I mean, if we see everything else in the world, why wouldn't we be able to see this? But evidently there is a a commercial spacecraft. I mean, not like a jet plane, but let's see. Power descent initiation at 612, uh, hazard detection and avoidance, and then vertical descent at 623, and then 624, which is an hour and a half away, A landing on the moon and i think they're supposed to go to the moon like in is it next year year after and you know i i I was i remember as a little boy i mean a little boy i remember the um return of one of the one of the capsules that came back from the moon like i mean i was a baby and i for some reason remember that because I, i can see the uh, I remember seeing the, um, it landed in the ocean. It kind of landed in the ocean is all I know to say. But all you older people like Ken from Cumming and Eddie from Ackworth may remember that more than I would. But, um, and then some people think we didn't land the moon, that it was actually Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin in a movie studio out in Hollywood. Wouldn't that be a scandal if it was proven? <laughs> It'd be crazy. Like, remember? You remember? Like, I don't know what it was. Twenty years ago, when Deep Throat was revealed, when the the source for Watergate was revealed, Mark, what was his name? And it was like, oh wow! And he was near death, and all of a sudden he revealed it, and uh, and. Uh, it was pretty pretty neat because that was always like a secret. Who was Deep Throat? Was it Pat Buchanan or was it was it Pat Nixon? <laughs> Who was the real source that leaked all the information that gave uh, Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein the information to have the Watergate scandal broken in the Washington Post? Then we then we learned it was Mark whatever his name was. They did a movie about it, which was kind of interesting. Liam Liam Neeson was the um one who played mark whatever his name was that was kind of cool but what if it came out all of a sudden it's like what if someone came out and said well i know you know i was young but i'm the one who shot jfk from the grassy knoll it was me 60 years ago i did it here's the proof <laughs> i doubt that'll happen now i think they're all gone but yeah we got a we got a moon landing coming up in an hour and a half so pretty cool Why is it so hard to land on the moon? More than half of all landings fail. There was a crash landing from a Japanese mission in 2023, April. Then last August, a Russian Luna 25 crash landed. So there you go. They run out of fuel. And this one evidently is close to making it. So there you go. Uh, oh yeah, we've got uh, we've got a podcast tonight that uh, everybody's all excited about because I, God knows I don't do enough radio. So if you want to hear me later on, uh, please go to YouTube and the Shanks Unleashed podcast where Eddie from Ackworth and Andy from Royston they get me to say nasty words. Like that's a big thrill. Everything on television. And radio and, you know, me saying a bad word is going to get you to just go run your computer. But anyway, we will continue our discussion about other things in sports tonight on the Shanks Unleashed podcast. Go to the YouTube page, follow it, subscribe to it, and we'll be on at 8 o'clock tonight. So, don't forget about that. Um, Juju Lewis, who is a top prospect in the state of Georgia for quarterback, he has uh, really become not only a five-star prospect, but you know he reclassified from the class of 2026 to the class of 2025. He's the number two quarterback, the number eight overall recruit in the country, and he is going to visit Georgia on March the 14th. He already visited Georgia on February the 3rd. He's going to visit Alabama on March the 8th. Auburn on March the 16th, Colorado on March the 22nd, and USC on March the 30th. He has committed to USC, which doesn't mean a whole lot. How, what are we going to get to where verbal commitments are like a joke? I mean, verbal commitments to come to the University of Georgia, for example, but then you think, well, okay, that you're verbally committed to come to the University of Georgia when you can sign, can't sign until December but then if you come to the University of Georgia and sign the LOI letter of intent how long are you going to stay college football is so screwed up I I really hate it too because I love college football but it's just it's kind of screwy right now makes no sense on some things but we all do get excited when there's news of a recruit who is committed to our favorite university and obviously that's A big part of the business you got to have talent come on your team or you're going to be in big trouble right florida florida is in trouble i i uh uh, ken from cummings sent me that little piece of information earlier today that florida is is uh being investigated and that's uh not good for the gators for sure it was a, a similar situation as to what tennessee got involved in how many times will the will the NCAA come down on some of these teams before they get kind of laughed at because of the fact that there's so much underhanded stuff going on anyway. It kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? But evidently Tennessee is, uh, of course, they are in trouble, and they're fighting and pushing back against it. And then Florida now seems to be uh, the team that's next on the list, and you know there's going to be some situations about it. Uh, Sanford 222 view, we did not land on the moon. There's a movie about it, Capricorn (laughs) 1. Okay. Well, that was before Bill Sanford, so I don't know. It looked pretty cool, even if it was a movie. I wonder what the, I wonder, like, if they took a poll. And, of course, uh, we haven't been there in 50 years, right? So, it's like, I'm 54 years old on March the 13th. So I was a child. I was, uh, I was, you know, negative two, I guess, when they first went to the moon. But then I was a baby. And it's like, well, I wasn't kind of around then. Most of us weren't. But I, I wonder, like, for people who were, you know, teenagers and above, do you think that we really land on the moon? Or is there that much skepticism to it? But when you see the headline, U.S. Attempts First Moon Landing in 50 Years, it's kind of crazy. It's like, well, why the hell haven't we gone back? Anyway, those things we ponder on a Thursday afternoon. Let's go to the phones, 478-646-ESPN. Will in North Carolina, hello.
2: Bill, I'm on a roll today. Hang with me here. Okay. okay. Bill, I would love I, I love the Justin Fields thing, but I, I highly, 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 uh, do not recommend doing uh any business deals with the chicago bears i mean <laughs> they they will rip you a new one, big guy <laughs>
1: well and and carolina can attest to that now do you think in time bryce is going to be well worth that trade what what what's what's your gut telling you about about bryce young or is it just a lost cause already after
2: one year no no i think eventually i mean my god Bill, we didn't have anybody but had a feeling i mean it's, DJ I thought DJ Chark would help a little bit, but he he needs he needs a little bit more around him, but I don't think it's a waste. I mean, my God, Bill, we've been using Sam Bar- uh Darnold, uh Mark <laughs> yeah. Corral. I mean, he even had Baker skill. there for
1: a while, didn't you? Have? Baker Mayfield yeah. there for a while.
2: Yeah, so I mean, you can't tell me Bryce Young is not any I mean, Bryce Young will be all right eventually, <laughs> maybe. What's their cap room?
1: Are they going to have an opportunity to to, uh, to to spend on some offensive linemen? Because that's what they need to do to protect yeah. him, don't that's they?
2: All, that's, that's my wish list, that, and uh, make Brian Burns happy. That's all we need. Well, it um, does I mean, sound
1: like are going to want to do that. That's stupid, isn't it?
2: No, I don't think so. I, he's pretty good. I mean, no, I'm I'm uh, saying that
1: they should make him happy. It's kind of stupid because uh, I, all I read it seems like it's not going to happen, right?
2: Yeah. yeah, I've heard before the season ended. I mean, it was getting pretty bad to watch there. So I mean, I had to <laughs> I either had to drink a fifth of liquor or watch on Sundays. <laughs> and uh, uh, well, that, I, it's I, it's bad when
1: you have the worst record in the NFL and you don't have a draft pick. That's what's
2: bad. Uh, that, that's what I'm saying. Do not do business with
1: the Chicago Bears. Yeah, please. no kidding. I know. And and, I mean, and you know what? That, I'll tell you what, though, Will. That's a warning for any team like the Falcons who may want to move up this year. Okay, you may love the fact that you've got a quarterback you think you can really. Now, the Falcons are a little bit different spot because you have to think that the Falcons, uh, they're drafting eighth again, third year in a row, there's a good chance they will not be drafting that high again next year, but still, you got to roll the dice, don't you?
2: Uh, I mean, y'all have a lot more pieces. I mean, we don't sure. even have a tight end. We don't have a tight end. We had like Hayden Hurst. I Can't mean, be-
1: <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> And <laughs> has, has Hayden Hurst uh, remembered where he's at so far?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's even come back from the reality. Uh, uh, course, well, uh, bless
1: his heart. That was scary, though, wasn't it? Yeah,
2: I mean, I. Uh, and, your twitter i mean this Max free i'm just going to start calling in when the season starts and it'll be like the fastest phone call all i'm going to say is sign max free and i'll do it for months and months this summer if it's not done yet i mean come on braves just do it sign i know
1: will free. i i just i think i've written that column three times uh uh seriously i mean i i just uh I I can't stop writing it because I think it's so important. And to me, it's a no brainer to to have Max Fried come back. I mean, he's he, he, how often can you have someone like that pop up to be that good? And they replaced Freddie Freeman, they replaced Ansby Swanson. I don't think it's going to be as easy to quote unquote replace Max Fried like that. So, therefore, his value to this team is a. Lot more than what they lost with those other two guys who walked away.
2: I'll say this: the only the only current Braves players, uh, Braves player jersey I have in my closet right now is Max Maximilian, <laughs> and I mean, yeah. that's how much I think it would dude. It's harder to find a great. Do you think? Do you think it's harder to find a great starting pitcher or an NFL uh, great quarterback? I mean, those things are rare. I mean. <laughs>
1: You're right, because, but well, uh, and I think a franchise quarterback, and obviously talking about Bryce Young, talking about the Falcons and what they're trying to do to find someone to finally replace Matt Ryan, it, it, it is a crapshoot. It is hard. I think it's so hard to find a, an ace pitcher, though, Will, because uh, look at Julio He who's a very good pitcher for a, a bad team for many of the years he was with Atlanta. But he, while he was the best pitcher they had in most occasions, he was not an ace pitcher. There's a difference between an ace pitcher and a number one guy. I think Spencer Strider is becoming an ace pitcher to complement an ace pitcher in Max Freed. But I hope that Alex Anthopoulos doesn't believe that, okay, well, if Max leaves, Spencer's our guy, and we can build around him and kind of filter down through him. Because if you got two, why would you lose one, Right.
2: Right, I mean the glory days of Three Amigos. I mean, I have that picture on my wall too, where, uh, where's you know Tom and John and Greg uh, and all of them. My mom got me that for my birthday. So, the picture of them sitting down all together.
1: There's not many but, pictures of them all together. You know, it's hard. It was hard to get them all together, to be honest with you.
2: Yep. All right, Bill. I'm going out on this. You know why Alabama got rid of Eli Gold? Don't you? Why? Because. Of, <laughs> The next iteration of the Crimson Tide football is going to be a beat show, a crack show. I don't. How how concerned are you about Alabama football? I mean, I, I'm not really. Concerned. Well,
1: I'm respectful of Alabama football. I think the infrastructure is there for them to continue to be a good football program while Kalen DeBoard tries to build them back up. But you can't tell me it's not going to be a a dip, right? I mean, it's it's. You can't go from Nick Saban. I don't give a damn who they would have hired. You can't go from Nick Saban to anybody and expect the same thing, can you?
2: No, I don't think so. I mean, look at what that. Look at what happened to that TCU or whatever, you know. I mean, all you've got to do now is in college football is, you know, is bring in a, a year's worth of talent. You know, it's college mm-hmm. football is college basketball, you know. And you've seen what happened You're to right. TCU, so, I mean, TCU. Well, you know now. what,
1: you, you just said something that I thought about earlier. And that's a great comment. What, what has killed college basketball, in my opinion, Will, and especially my former enjoyment of college basketball, is the fact that these these rosters on college basketball programs change so frequently and so quickly that we couldn't get to know the players in root form for three to four years. Now college football has become that. And it's only going to get worse.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm a Duke fan, so this has been going on. This, this, and us in Kentucky, this is happening like in 2015. So I mean, we're not new. I mean, yeah. I'm well versed in you know this, the one and duns or whatever, but it's happening in football. But I mean, I I'm, I respect Alabama like you too, but I think it's going to be an adjustment. So. No, I
1: I think in 2024, I think Texas and Ole Miss are going to get just as much love yeah. as Alabama. And maybe that wouldn't have been the case if Nick had not retired, but I think you have to believe that from a roster perspective with the changes that came to the Crimson Tide after his resignation that uh, Ole Miss and Texas may be right on par with him, to be honest with you. Hey, Will, thank you. We appreciate it. Always good to talk to you. All
2: right, man. See you
1: later. All right. 478-646-ESPN is our number. I- I- I'm glad he said that because I-, I did think about it earlier when we were talking and and, uh, just discussing college football in general about what Nick Saban was saying earlier, college basketball is nothing like it used to be. I think, now, again, I'm not a big college basketball fan, and the reason is because the school I graduated from has not had a college basketball program worth a flip in a long time. It's just not been good. I mean, Georgia basketball, and I've griped about that all week long, right, about the state of basketball in the state of Georgia and the fact that here's Georgia uh, overall uh, better but still not what they need to be. Georgia Tech struggling, so many programs in the state that are not doing well, and yet it kind of is part of what college basketball has become. Well, if you get a great player like Anthony Edwards a couple of years ago, okay, that's great, but he's going to be gone in a year, and then what? Well, for Georgia, and then what was, well, you're going to go right back to what you were before, which is not very good. They weren't very good before Anthony Edwards. So you thought they were going to be better with him. They really weren't. He was a one-man show. And then, after he leaves, did that help? Did that kickstart you to get more t- Well, no. Now, they do have the soul kid and, and uh, Dominique son coming in. But... You know, it it's it's not a good situation, and and the rosters now change so quick. I, I mean, how many more players are going to change on this Georgia roster from this year to next year? We, are, I think we know by what happened with Georgia Tech and the the comments made by the head coach Damon Stoudemire last night. He wants a lot of changes. He wants a lot of changes. Well, is that good or bad? Well, I guess it's better if you can change the players than you. Make them good, better, and improve the talent level. But isn't that what college football is going to become? Oh, you know, we lost Caleb Downs. Let's go get somebody else to replace him. It's, it's uh, musical chairs. That's not good. We knew when the NCAA, when, excuse me, when NIL was pretty much given a green light, okay, you can do it. You can give money for Representation of the name, image, and likeness for a college athlete. When there was not... I mean, just think of how it would have been different perhaps if the NCAA, before that ruling, had allowed for name, image, and likeness an allowance or something. And it would have beat that to the punch. Well, it's too late now. It's over with. It's done. Now it's the Wild Wild West. That's, That's why... The other day on the NBA All-Star Game telecast, Charles Barkley goes off on it again and says, you know, the NCAA is a bunch of knuckleheads. Well, they are (laughs) because it's kind of a joke now. What what do you have to legislate? What do you have to do? What is your purpose? And nobody knows that, but basketball, I think, has lost its luster in the college level because you can't have a team that stays together for two or three years. You know, oh, how many more years have we got so-and-so? Well, of course, if they're that good, they're going to the NBA. But now, if they're that good, they may go somewhere else to play college baseball, basketball. Well, that, that's not good. So that's what football is becoming, and that's a shame. Four seven eight six four six espn We are talking sports, throwing somebody under the bus. If you'd like to, you can do that as well. We'll take a break, come back with more sports talk right after this. Bill Bruce Hornsby. It's just the way it is, you know. At 525, we appreciate you being with us here. Phone lines are open if you want to jump in at area code 478-646-ESPN. 478-646-3776 is the number to call. Atlanta Journal-Constitution has an article this afternoon on Jared Kelnick, the Left fielder for the Atlanta Braves. And this is one of the things I think, uh, you know, every year when we're monitoring spring training, I think new players is always something that we look at. We want to watch how does he look in the Braves uniform. I know earlier today, Justin Toscano of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution had video of Reynaldo Lopez out on the mound. And as Justin said, he looked pretty good. And he did. He was throwing BBs. And, you know, what if if Reynaldo Lopez is like the fifth starter? What if it's like stupid to not have Reynaldo Lopez in the rotation? I kind of prefer him to be in the bullpen because he's done so well in that position the last few years. But what if it is just kind of dumb not to have him in the rotation? Then you've got... Freed, Strider, Morton, Sell, and Lopez. That, I don't know how you can have a stronger rotation than that right there. If, if, if Lopez does, in fact, live up to expectations and, and is a very good starting pitcher, I, I mean, that that's, that's a possibility. But as far as the position players, the only new position player they have is Jared Kelnick. K e l e n i c, it's Kellenic, but it's pronounced Kelnic with the e, second e being silent. So he was a top draft pick for the Mets, a top prospect for the Mets. Traded from New York to Seattle in the Edwin Diaz trade. By the way, Diaz is back for the Mets. Mets are having all kind of trouble though. They got a problem. They got a starting pitcher out now. They're 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 in a mess. But at least Diaz is coming back for him this year. But Kalnick was traded to Seattle. He finally made his major league debut. He had to kind of delay that because of the COVID year, and then last year he got his full opportunity. And for the most part, he did well. He struck out too much. They got to do a better job of cutting those strikeouts down. But he got mad and punched the dugout, or did something in the in the dugout and hurt his hurt his hand, and he was out for about two months. Well. Around that he did pretty well. Now, he they had a lot of pressure on him in 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 Seattle because he was a top prospect and the you know, the the, the Mariners were just really pushing him to be a star player. They wanted him and Julio to, to be the two guys that would lead them to kind of the promised land when it comes to the America League West and Kelnick, I don't think he handled the pressure very well. And he's talked about that a little bit this, this spring already. But in the, in the article by the AJC, you know, they do talk about the fact that he's not going to have the pressure on him that he had in Seattle. I mean, it was pretty much, hey, Jared Kellnick, Julio Rodriguez are going to be our two guys who are going to lead us to the promised land. Well, with Atlanta, he doesn't have to worry about that. He's not going to hit the top six in the batting order. He's going to be seventh, eighth, or ninth probably with Harris batting ninth and Orlando RC eighth. He may bat seventh. He may bat eighth. So there's no pressure if you're down there lowering the batting order and you've got players in front of you like Acuna, Ozzy, Olsen, Riley, Murphy. I mean, that's Ozuna, of course. It's a pretty stacked lineup, as we know. We saw it last year. And now there's a guy who's just going to be thrown into the fire as a new left fielder. And can he live up to his expectations? What are, what are the expectations? What should the expectations be with this kid? Well, number one, he's got to strike out less. I mean, there's again, I repeat it because it's going to be something that's going to be repeated all year long. Jared kelnick has got to do a better job of, of limiting those strikeout numbers. He's going to be – he won't last in this sport if he strikes out at a 30% clip. But last year he had 11 home runs, 49 runs batted in, 13 stolen bases, and that was in 416 plate appearances. So he missed about uh, 50, 57 games with his injuries. And so that could be another, what, 200 plate appearances or so. So is he a 15 home run, 80 RBI, 20 stolen base guy? Well, that's, that's not bad. I mean, if he could do that, uh, you know, that would be a nice complimentary player to the bottom of the order. Hopefully the batting average won't be too low. It, it was .253 last year, which is not great, not bad. OBP was .327, not great, not bad. And you know, but a a guy who could hit 15 home runs and and still 15 to 20 bases is that a Matt Olson? Is that an Austin Riley? Is that a Ronald Acuna? Well, no. But they they don't they they can't they have to all be like that. We don't have to have every player in the lineup, one through nine, be a 40-home run, 100-RBI guy. If there's a player who can add some speed at the bottom of the order and at the same time play very good, great defense, that'll be fine. And look, if if this kid is the real deal defensively to complement Ronald Acuna Jr. in right field and Michael Harris the second in center field, then they're going to have the best defensive outfield in the sport. I mean, that – and we got to remember – With all due respect to Eddie Rosario, he was not a very good fielder. He was an okay fielder, but at times he would scare you to death. He did not have the best arm in the world, and sometimes he would kind of have a little brain fart out there and wonder where he was. So if Jared Keldick can make this defense even better with what he can do in left field to complement those other two, because, look, I know they score a lot of runs, but speed and defense and the way they play the game is so important as well that defense is only going to help that pitching staff be even more solid this coming season and if 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 that defense is even more formidable i mean my gosh that pitching staff is going to be even more formidable I think I'm excited about that as much as anything with Kelly because the defense and what he could bring to left field compared to Eddie Rosario, and not that Eddie Rosario was an awful fielder, but he just was not. That was the weak spot, right? I mean, that was the that was the absolute apparent weak spot in that offense of uh, that defense was left field, and I don't think it really is one of the in the infield. You may want to point to ozzy but that's kind of nitpicking there of course sean murphy very good defensively behind the plate travis darno good defensively behind the plate so there was nearly not very many holes but left field did kind of stand out to you because rosario like i said was just not great now kelnick could make it a great outfield left through right field and that's 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 that's, that's exciting I like that because I want this pitching staff. Let me tell you, folks, this this offense is going to hit. You don't have to worry about, well, are the Braves going to hit it or not. Now, I don't know if the Braves are going to score four, 5.7 runs per game. But if the pitching and defense is better, they don't have to, right? They have to score five points. I mean, okay, let's say they they score five runs per game. That's pretty good itself. I think the year before in 2022, they scored like 4.8 runs per game. They won 101 games. So what if they score five runs per game or 5.1 or 5.2, which is still half a run shy of what they did a year ago? Well, if they score five, let's just say 5.2 runs per game and their pitching staff's better, they're going to win more than 104 games. So the defensive improvement to me of what Kelnick could bring to the table is just as important as offense because I just don't think – it's like Arcia. Arcia, sure, started out strong last year. He went at the All-Star game. He had a great first half, cooled off in the second half. He still had like 17 home runs. And the batting average dipped dramatically in the second half. But he was playing so well defensively, it didn't really matter for a team that was scoring 5.7 runs per game. Who cared? I didn't. I mean, it was not great, don't get me wrong, but it was like, well, he's not hitting, he's not doing what the rest of them are doing, which was hard to compare, not fair to compare, but yet defensively, you really couldn't complain about anything he was doing at shortstop. And look, if you're going to have a team that's going to be a 100-win-plus team, you've got to play good defense now there's no doubt about that so I think I'm excited as much about that for Kelnick as as the offense if in fact the offense stays the same then I'm telling you all bets are off on this team this is going to be some kind of year to, and I, that's one thing I think I'm going to be a, it's gonna be a recurring theme for me. look I know we all want the Braves to do better in October. I get it the last two years losing the Phillies in the first round it's sucked it's not good they've won. 205 games in the last two regular seasons, and they have not performed well at all in the playoffs against the Philadelphia Phillies. That sucks. Not good. But, look, we've got to prepare to enjoy this regular season because there's 162 games to play. 162. There's six full months of nightly baseball pretty much to play. And, therefore, I want to enjoy it. I don't I don't want to – heck, I'm getting old enough to where I don't want to jump ahead too much if I don't have to. Let's take it day by day and enjoy this team and enjoy this game. And, and the wins I think they're going to produce. Do you know how bad things would have to go, knock on wood, for it to fall apart for at the Atlanta Braves right now? I mean, really. You know, it, it, sure. Again, we think about October. We, it is World Series robust, but, but even think about how bad it would have to be for the Braves to not be a playoff team. I mean, last year they lost Kyle Wright, and Kyle Wright had, what, seven starts, Max Fried 14. year before they had won 36 games together. They lost two important pitchers last year, and they still went out there. And here comes Bryce Elder doing the job doing enough, doing a good job, making the all-star team, filling in admirably for those two pitchers. And they still won 104 games. So do you know how bad it would have to go for the Braves to just like, oh, well, what a disappointment. The Braves only won 88 games. I just don't see that happening. There's nothing about this team that makes me think they're just going to fall back and only win 88. No. No. No, 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 no. no. I mean, like last year. Think of last year. Last year, the New York Mets, at this point last year, on February 22nd, 2023, I'll bet you money the Mets fans thought we're going to the freaking World Series with Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. Katie, bar the door. Here we come. Now, they were older, and it fell apart. Edwin Diaz getting hurt, no question, was a big deal, right? And uh, and and things can happen. I'm not I'm not trying to jinx anything and say things can't happen. Certainly things can happen, but with the amount of talent on this team, I just don't see that happening. I I, I think the Braves have an excellent chance of being a 100 win team, and that's hard to bank on now because you you never can predict what happens in a spring training, or what happens over the course of 162 games. But I have complete faith in this team and this depth. Great faith in it. I mean, sure, are there are there players that if you lost them for a significant period of time, you'd be in trouble? Well, sure. I mean, in 2021, when the Braves lost Marcelo Zuna and then lost Ron Cunha I think we all thought, hell, they're done. I did. When, they, when Ronald Acuna went down with that injury in Miami in July, I'm like, well, they're done. They can forget about this. They're not going to go anywhere. And then Alex Anthopoulos makes six trades in two weeks and says, hold my beer. I think we're going to do something. And he made the acquisition. So, you know, I, 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 um, I even have faith in that, that if something were to go wrong, there's pieces where Mr. Anthopolis could do his magic. May not work, but I think there are pieces at least where Alex Anthopolis could, in fact, do some trades to bring people in here uh, because that stadium's going to be full every night. I mean, last year they averaged more than the year before. That might happen again because Braves baseball is just such a destination. People are making plans probably right now to go all over from this state. And I don't blame them. I would, too. I I can't wait as well. We're going to take a break. Come back. 478-646-ESPN. 6, 6 again, I'm just kind of uh, amazed by the lack of coverage of this moon thing tonight. Did I Have I just not been watching the news? Have I been kind of like uh, on another world? It's like, uh, well, where did this come from? And, again, there's no potty in this little damn craft here. It's not like, you know, Buzz Aldrin's in this damn thing. But it's like, well, heck, you're landing something on the moon. That's kind of cool. Now it says possible navigation issues ahead of the moon landing attempt. But what do you mean navigation issues? Are they lost? It's a big white thing. Land on that thing right there. What are you talking about? Navigation issues. I I had navigation issues when I was on a field trip with my buddies when one of my buddies was being a dork and went to the damn Walmart and got a Rand McNally map out. And we were, we were driving to the Georgia Ole Miss game in the middle of the night in in Mississippi on a road that was like a, a lane and a half. And this is before Waze, and he was in the back seat with a flashlight on the Rand McNally. That's a navigation issue right there, I can tell you that. I hope that moon landing attempt doesn't have him in the back seat. But we'll take a break. Come back more sports talk right after this.
0: On the Superstations.
1: Marshmutt on Twitter. With the early signing period in Portal, it's about 8% as much fun as it used to be to follow recruiting. Plus, it's so much easier to just trust Kirby. I feel sorry for the guys who have made a career out of asking people to pay money for recruiting info. Not like it was, but I think people love Scoop so much they don't care they're going to pay the money. I think the people who pay for one, they'll pay for all, to be honest with you. John and Warner Robbins is out of his spider hole. Hello.
0: Uh, what's up, man? Uh, How are you? Pretty good. Just got back from touring to Eastern Europe with Hunter Biden. Said I got stories. Stories <laughs> for you. Next week, I got a cruise booked with uh, Fat Fanny Willis, so I'm pretty sure the the party's going to continue, man. Let's just say I got I probably a nose job getting a new nostrils right here. I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> you crazy? I I knew you probably were somewhere with Fanny. They got to investigate you now.
0: Hey, a little badass. You know, I, I just like women that are in position of power, though. So I just me, but um, speaking of power, I mean, Bill, I, I'm pretty sure that Ronald McGuinnett pretty much just at table about what he's going to want what he's going to want to command. So my question is for you. Is it good for the Braves if Ronald has kind of a down year? Not like an MVP kind of season, but somewhere, you know, semi-ish, to kind of bring him down to reality a little bit for his market, or... Should we be good prepared? This guy's probably going to lead in the next four or five.
1: Seasons. I I just don't know how we can have lower expectations for him. I, I if if you try to try to have numbers that are below what he had last year. I mean, you could say okay, the average is going to go down, and all right, well maybe he can't steal as many bases as he can this year. I mean, I wouldn't tell that to him into his face because he just seems like the kind of kid that's going to say bull crap. I'll show you, slick you know so I, I i i think the expectations i want to be realistic i don't want to be nuts about it but i i, I think to to think there's going to be a significant downturn in what he's going to do is is uh, it's almost foolish i mean the, he's such a talent and we've seen that talent grow from when he first came up and he was rookie of the year and it was like okay this is ridiculous this is a no-brainer and and you know he was on that on that path in 2021, John. That's what's sad about that injury in Miami that knocked him out the rest of the season. Is you know he was going to have a great season in 2021 before he got hurt. But last year was like, okay, there's nothing in his way. There's no injury. There's no recovery. It's just him playing at his best, doing everything he can to put up huge numbers to help his team win, and and he was a unanimous MVP. So. I, you know, I, I, I don't think we should say that any of these guys can be exactly what they were. I mean, can we expect that many home runs and those RBIs from Olsen? Maybe not, but even if you go down to, what, 20%, 10%, it's still an unbelievable year, right? Well, for sure. You know, it's just it's going to be – I'm very curious how it's
0: going to pan out because, you know, you know how aggressive is Alex can be you know, when it comes to situations like this? as he say to hell with the remaining years in the contract and take the Braves' free agency program to a whole other realm and give this guy money that the franchise has never paid anybody before? Which you know, I, I think that if he comes out next year, Bill and just balls out, which I think he will. They, they have to entertain that, right? You just can't let this guy keep playing yeah. on a team-friendly deal because it's going to get worse. He's going to get he's going to he's going to get disgruntled. We know that, yeah. especially when you know. it, it I mean, it's just the reality of it, but yeah. um. Do you foresee, Alex, do you foresee the financial flexibility with the Braves breaking off into their own LLC or whatever they did to be able to sit Ronald down and say, all right, man, you're our dude, here you go, whatever you want?
1: Well, I, to me, I, I and as you were saying that, the thing that came to my mind was the Max Freed situation. You know, if, if Max leaves, if the Braves allow, for lack of a better term, Max to walk, I think the only way to justify that John is for them to make sure that they lock up Ronald Acuna for the long term. I mean, like long term, like, okay, you ain't leaving this team. I can promise you that. So in other words, let's say Max leaves and next winter. They say, okay, Ronald, you've got two years left at 17 million, and then two more years left at, and options at 17 million. That ain't nothing. That's $68 million. We're million. Let's tear that up and spread that out over 12 years and give you – you know, Aaron Judge money. I mean, and I I think that's the only thing that would make me feel better about Max Free leaving is that if they, in turn, allow that to be used to a certain extent on on Acuna. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think we're getting closer to that point. I mean, I think they have money for both of them, for Max and for Acuna, I think, I'm trying to make excuses of them to not bring back Max, which, of course, is not something I can't even stand to think about. But I, I think you can't talk about the Acuna possibility of long-term without discussing that Max obviously has to be dealt with first. And would the Max departure uh, make it easier for that type of situation to be Done with Acuna, and I think it might. But I'm, I, yeah, I think you don't want this guy to be disgruntled. Let's say if John, let's say he goes out and does this again. Well, hell, you're going to have a back-to-back MVP, stealing 70 ba- 60 bases. I mean, what, what if he, what if he hits thirty-seven home runs and steals, you know, sixty-five stolen. Well, hell, he's still the best player in baseball, isn't he? Even if he, if he's not doing what he did last year, that's still MVP caliber numbers, isn't it? Without doubt. And, Bill,
0: you know, historically the Braves, the, the front office has been hesitant about paying pitchers. They don't like it going long term. I with pitchers. Certainly, not, you know, I don't blame them. You know, we've been burned before, obviously. Um, but, yeah, you're absolutely right. If if, if they're going to let Max walk, which I don't think they will, they'll probably slap him with a, you know, with a compensation pick. You know, we'll get, we'll get something at the end of the offseason for Max. It's just, I. You've got to focus your attention on extending Ronald Acuna because, I mean, that guy is is playing out of his freaking mind. Deserves every any of it. He needs to be your guy, but you can't justify letting both of those guys walk.
1: You know, at the end of their contract. No. Yeah. no, Acuna. There's no way. I mean, you can't. He he's a, Ron, I mean, and I, I've said this about to a certain extent. Ozzy. I think Olson. I think Riley. Th- th- this number of Braves players are at a point where if they stay healthy for the remaining 10 years of their of their career they're going to be in the hall of fame conversation i think you could say that about those four and that who the hell has that right i mean uh, and i i said that the other day john after i was sitting here watching uh, during the show the johnny bench documentary on mlb network and it's like you you think okay the big red machine of the 1970s had Johnny Bench, they had Tony Perez, they had Joe Morgan, they had uh, Pete Rose, that's three Hall of Famers plus one more, and then they had a lot of really good players, George Foster, Ken Griffey Sr., Cesar Geronimo, David Concepcion. Well, the Braves are kind of in that same spot right now. I mean, they have young talent that if they keep them around and if those people stay relatively healthy, they're going to be knocking on Cooperstown in another decade. That's crazy. You know, but the one that you know how uh, – here, here's another question. How bad would it have to be for Ronald Acuna to screw his career up to not go into the Hall of Fame? Pretty bad. Pretty damn bad. You're right. And we, I don't think there's a team in baseball that has such a homegrown core nucleus that the Braves have, like you just said. Yeah. So it, it's, it, it's it's important that we keep this – the window is closing.
0: So it's important that we keep this day together as, as long as possible, respectfully
1: yeah i I agree it's it's um I mean I mean everybody wants to be paid accordingly right and you you don't want for someone who's only paid seventeen million dollars to be upset but when he's the best player in the game and obviously he was named that last night by MLB network and I think they're right um and and he's going to see Aaron judge making you know, $38 million or whatever it is, and, and, and all the rest. That got You know, what's Juan Soto going to get next year, right after after he leaves uh, the Yankees or becomes a free agent? I mean, that's going to be a huge contract. So, yeah, it's, it's something you got to think about. Hey, John, thank you. Great conversation. Thanks, Bob. Thanks Bob. All right, we're going to take – oh, no, we're not going to take a break because we're done. <laughs> what am I doing taking a break? Well, if I take a break now, we're going to come back and nobody's going to – well, no, we'll be here. Don't worry. We're always here, but <laughs> – take a commercial break. Well, we're going to take a commercial break. We're just kind of different. Whew, I think I need some caffeine. I'm going to go watch the moon landing. The hell with y'all. I'm going to go watch the damn moon landing. 624. Something's going to land on the moon. I don't know whether it's in a movie studio in Hollywood or really up there. I'll look out my back door and see. <laughs> You're listening to The Bill Shank Show.